and welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today, as you listen to this week's content, that you grow in your faith and in your relationship with God. Connect more with us by going to ardmoresummit.church and remember to love God, love people, and love life. If you have your Bibles open with me to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, it's right before 2 Corinthians, so you'll find it there. Um, I want to preach to you a message in these next few moments called Passion Will Fuel the Journey. Passion Will Fuel the Journey. Any trip you take, any journey that you set out on, you have to have fuel. Uh, Whether it's a, you know, road trip, a massive, extensive cross-country trip, you got to make sure that you've got fuel because what happens once you go, you're on the, on the road for a couple hours, you're going to start running on empty. You've got to find a place to refuel. Our bodies need fuel. Amen? Coffee. <laughs> um, more specifically, water, food. We need fuel. And as we go through the sermon today, I want you to make sure that you have message notes If you did not get message notes, please raise your hand and we will have someone who will hand deliver them to you right now. Keep your hand up. Don't be shy. Keep your hand up. We'll deliver some to you now. But I want to talk about the fuel of the Christian life. Passion. Passion. This is not a feel-good sermon. This is not something just to pump us up and say, hey, let's be passionate people. I'm not interested in a generic passion that we self-produce. I want to look at the Apostle Paul in the book of 1 Corinthians and realize that the more we serve the God who is passionate about us and who is passionate about this world, it is inevitable that we are going to have the same passion. Amen? Follow this carefully. God is crazy about us. God is passionate about his people. He's passionate about truth. He's passionate about us worshiping him. And if we serve him and we love him, inevitably we will become passionate people. So I want you to get this sermon and then we're going to have a time of prayer. And let me just say from the outset, I'm not going to wait and try to trick you or manipulate you. I want to pray for God to restore the passion for some of us, okay? Church family, we know each other. If this is your first time or you've been here a hundred times since the beginning, whatever, we know each other and we can pray for each other to receive the passion, amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting with verse number 19 says this, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. This is Paul speaking. Verse 20, he says, To the Jews I became a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. I know this is dense, but stick with me here. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. Verse 22, to the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. 
I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I might share with them in its blessings. If I was to give you the Yandel translation, the Yandel paraphrase, it's simply this. Paul is saying, I am so passionate about people and in my journey, I'm going to do everything I can to show people the love of Christ. That's what it's all about, friends. That's what it's all about. Going on in verse 24, he says this, beginning with a rhetorical question, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Verse 26, so I do not run aimlessly, I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Paul then gives an analogy here at the end of chapter 9, an analogy of life being a race, and he's got the fuel to get to the end. Amen? When I was younger, I remember running, and I had no problem with the 100-yard dash. I've didn't win all the time. 200-yard dash, okay. Then they have these very evil things called 400-yard dashes. And then they have 800. Then they have 1,600. And then I can't do the math, but there's something beyond that. And I've, as I've noticed, you kind of run out of fuel. But what Paul is saying here is saying, hey, church, don't run out of fuel. And what he's saying here is I've got this passion that's going to get me through to the end. Very simply, the question for us today is, are you passionate about this journey that God has called you to live? Are you passionate about it? And is that passion fueling you throughout your journey? By the way, passion used to just simply mean intensity. In fact, if you go back far enough, you could almost translate the word passion into suffering because when you suffer, everything's intense, right? But, but I want to use the word passion simply as this definition. If you have a, a pen and paper, write this down. It won't be up on the screen. But this is what passion is. Passion is intensity with intentionality. That's what passion is. It's intensity with intentionality. And do not tune me out this morning if you say I'm not the kind of personality that most people think of as passionate. Here's reality. You can be passionate in life. You can be passionate for holiness. You can be passionate for the things of God regardless of your personality. Any of you ever been to a football game and, or a wrestling event or, or something where, where you've just seen people going crazy and you're looking at them, you're like, I'm not as passionate as that guy. But you're still rooting for your team, right? Come on, any of you, you're, ever, you're at a football game or basketball game, high school game, whatever, and, and your team's down and all of a sudden they win the, they, they shoot the shot and right at the very end, buzzer beater, your team wins, team wins, what do you do? Let me hear it. Right, your, your team is at the college football playoffs and you finally get past the first round. Somebody help me. Let the reader understand. There we go. Right. 
There's something about passion. And again, you may be a very reserved, collected person, or you might be a little bit exuberant and just shout for anything. Regardless of what, where you fall in that spectrum, I want to give you this. Whatever God has called us to, it is not apathy. Whatever God has called you to do in your life as a mom, as a dad, as a business owner, as a worker, as a, as a friend, whatever it is, it's not apathy. And what Paul is saying in this text is, I'll do anything it takes to win people. Not only that, I'm running this race of life so that I win. I want his intensity, don't you? I want that intentionality, the waking up each day with a sense of purpose, that I know the race that I'm running, and I want to run that race well. Oh, man, we're going to have some fun this morning. Write these down if you'd go to that next slide. Here's five things. This is not the exhaustive list, but these are five things that I want our church to be praying for. I want you to be praying for, for passion. Again, Passion being intensity with intentionality. Living each day with purpose. Not just letting life happen. But going after it. Making sure that you're living the life God has called you to live. The first thing is passion for God's presence. Passion for God's preference, presence. We need a high theology of the omnipresence of God. God is everywhere at all times. He is not bound and limited by space and time like we are. And yet, as I read the scriptures, there are times and situations that God shows up, you could say, in a unique way, right? Anybody ever been in one of those moments? I got, uh, in case you're wondering when one of those moments would be, how about this morning during worship? God inhabits the praise of his people, Wherever two or three are gathered together, as I've done my math this morning, we have a few more than that. There am I in the midst of them. I'm hungry for God's presence. Obviously at, at church, but I want to have a passion for God's presence. I'm, I'm struggling with that word this morning. The ordination hasn't sunk in yet, but we'll get there. Um, <laughs> I want to be just as passionate about God's presence when I'm sitting in my recliner and nobody else is around. When nobody else can see me raise my hands, I want to be just as passionate then. You, you understand that you can have an encounter with God's presence on the drive to work. You can have an encounter with God's presence washing dishes. Ladies, that was your chance. Amen. Right? You can have an encounter with God's presence in the grandiose moments of, of revival, but it can also be just a walk in the cool of the day. Just God, I just want to commune with you. As I look at the life of Christ, I notice this. Jesus did a lot of healing. He did a lot of ministry. He exerted himself a lot, but he always took time to say, God, my Father, I need to spend time with you. Develop a passion for God's presence, even in the little ways. And I promise you this, he'll show up. He'll show up. Number two, you with me today? Number two, passion for God's direction. Direction. I get nervous going to a place I've never been before. 
I sort of trust my phone. <laughs> I sort of trust Siri, but Siri has not been 100% perfect for me. I don't trust my own sense of direction. Sometimes I think I'm heading east and I'm heading south. My sense of direction is not perfect. In fact, nobody's is. But I do know this. I want a passion for God's direction because he's never going to lead me astray. Develop a passion for God's direction. If you need answers today, you're like, I am up and I've got some choices to make. I need God's direction. Get passionate about it. Don't be apathetic. Don't be indifferent to that. Well, I guess if God really wants it to happen, it'll happen. Fast, pray, get on your knees and say, God, you've got to lead me here. You've got to lead me. Call out to him. Say, direct me, Lord. Give me answers. Give me direction. Get passionate about it. Lord, I need to know what to do with my kids. Can I get an amen to that? I need passionate to know about this job. I need, I, I need direction on this issue. Be passionate about God's direction. More so than what your spouse thinks. More so than what your pastor thinks. More so than what your best friend thinks. <laughs> Say, God, I need your direction, your leading, your guidance. Amen? Amen. By the way, always good, though, to ask for your spouse's opinion and your friends. Amen. And your pastors. Number three, passion for life change. When was the last time you got fed up? Said, I don't want to carry this thing around anymore. I'm ready for life change. Become passionate about it. And here, here's something that I struggled with for years. I, I kept waiting for somebody else to get passionate about that thing for me. And then one day I woke up and realized nobody else is going to do it. I'm the one that has to repent and humble myself before God daily and say, all right, enough fighting. I'm ready for life change. I'm becoming passionate about it. Almost obsessive. God, I'm ready to receive that. I want to stop carrying around this burden. I'm ready to step out in faith and do this thing. Become passionate about that. Amen? Number four, have a passion for lost souls. A passion for lost souls. We do not sugarcoat the gospel. The gospel is an offense to those who are dead in their sins. And what breaks my heart is we live in a time where we try so hard to make the gospel appealing and to exert ourselves to the point where we don't want there to be any hindrance at all for people to come into Christ. There's a little bit of nuance here, but follow this. In, by definition, if I'm going to have a passion for lost souls, I have to understand that they're lost. It sounds so obvious, but it's one of the missing ingredients. We're not preaching advice. We're, we're not offering a slightly better way to enjoy themselves. We're offering salvation, the good news of Jesus. But here's the good news that any time I interact with people who are lost is I can look at them in their eyes and I can say, I too once was lost. I'm no better than you. I'm in the same boat, but he brought me out. Amen? Amen. 
develop a passion for lost souls. Say, God, shake me up with this. Those people that I see on a daily basis, give me a passion for them. Give me a passion for lost souls. And then number five, lastly, a passion for our church. Passion for our church. Church is more than a building. We were talking this morning about church building and we're ready and, oh, believe me, I'm ready. Nobody's looking forward to a building more than me. I, that, that first Sunday when it's ours, let me tell you something, I'm, I'm going to be preaching passionately. And then that next Monday, I'm just going to eat a box of donuts in the office, <laughs> kick my feet up on the desk, and just say, oh. What's funny is I probably will do that. I'm ready for that. But, but I, I, I have to say this. A building does not make the people. The people can make the building and the experience and so on. As we talk today, my heart's heavy because I know of a church, beautiful building, and they're torn with the sense of direction, leadership, confusion, fighting, and bitterness. Now, let me ask you, which would you rather have? I'd rather meet in a tent the rest of my life on bales of hay and have the presence of God and us unified than a building that looks good from the outside. Now, by the way, they're not mutually exclusive. I want both. And I believe that there's going to be a piece of land, there's going to be a, an empty building, there's going to be another church that, need some help, whatever it is. There's going to be an opportunity to open up, and I'm praying soon, but hear me. I'd rather have a passion for our church, meaning you. Get passionate about the people sitting next to you. You guys have come through for me and my family the last two weeks, showing up with a box of pizza, showing up with food, showing up with coffee. God bless you. Just thank you so much. That's what the church is all about. It's about serving each other, loving each other, caring for each other. Be passionate about that. In the years to come, people are going to walk into Summit Church, wherever we are, and they're going to feel, you know what? That church is passionate about people, passionate about people. Musicians, if you'd come today, I'm going to make this very, very direct and very brief. Any of these areas that you have become apathetic in, you've become indifferent towards Let's be real with each other. This happens. As I'm driving, I notice my fuel tank goes low. Happens. In fact, hear me. The faster you drive and the more you use the vehicle, the more fuel you're going to need. Some of you have been living at a higher octane life and you're losing the passion. In the book of Revelation, I'm, I'm briefly, briefly, I, I want to exegete it, but I can't. Jesus says some words to a church and says, you've, you've done this, you're doing this, you're doing this well, thumbs up, but you've abandoned your first love, me. God forbid we ever become a church that becomes indifferent to the good news of Jesus 
Amen? Let's be a church that is passionate about these things. Would you bow your heads with me? God, make us hungry for your presence. In the middle of the night when we wake up, may we just find a place to pray, to even pray in the Spirit and know that you meet with us. Make us hungry for your presence as we take our kids to school to give them words of affirmation and encouragement. May we walk through the hallways of school. May we walk in our business place. May we, even in our home, as we walk down the hallways, may the presence of God go with us. So much so that other people know there's something different about them. Something different about him. There's something different about her. God, give us a great hunger for your direction. God, I can't figure it out on my own. I'm, I'm done trying to predict the future. I simply want to walk in obedience and say I'm leaning on you and you alone. Get us to that point where we're so hungry for your direction that, that we don't even want to do anything else but just fast and pray and cry out to you saying, lead me. Without you, I'll have no direction. God, make us hungry for life change. Make us hungry for lost souls. Give us passion for our church. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today you enjoyed the content and what God was speaking to you today. Again, we'd love to connect with you more by going to ardmoresummit.church. Join us Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. in Ardmore, Oklahoma at 1725 North Commerce Street. Take care and be blessed.